From the Edwin Cardinal O'Brien Pastoral Center in Washington, D.C., home base for the Archdiocese for the Military Services USA, this is Catholic Military Life, the only official podcast of the Archdiocese. I'm your moderator, Taylor Henry. And my guest for this edition is Armando Herrera, who is a, um, a seminarian at Theological College here in Washington, D.C., uh, and uh, plans to become an army chaplain uh, upon uh, priestly ordination and a few years of pastoral service in your home diocese of Richmond. Welcome, Armando. Yeah, thank you for having me. Um, well, uh, tell me a little bit, a uh, little about you and your background. Um, first of all, how, how old are you? I'm 27. Okay, and how did you discover your vocation to the priesthood, Armando? Man, that's a that's a long story. Um, so, I think I first felt the stirrings of a call when I was in second grade. I told my mom for whatever reason I wanted to be a priest because um, I I had the sense that priests were holy and um, I wanted to be holy. Um, and then um, that started to fade away around high school. Um, and then once I went to college, I went to college at uh, Virginia Military Institute, um, and I went there and. I wasn't really practicing my faith um, once I got to college because at first it was like my parents were the ones that made me practice my faith. And I'm like, okay, I'm in college now. I'm free. I don't have to do this anymore. This is great. Um, but um, over the years, I realized just how just how empty I felt and just how without direction my life felt. And I was always looking for a purpose. And I was always asking myself, what's next? What's next after this? You know, go to VMI, get a commission, get a, I was studying a biochemistry, so I, was, I had plans to go to medical school, and I was thinking, okay, what's next? I get this career, then what's next? You know, I have a nice family, then what's next? And um, always asking that question, and then realizing, like, at one point that question gets all the way to the end of my life, you know, like, then I'm going to die, and then I started thinking about that, I was like, whoa, this is, this is crazy, and I was like, what am I, what am I living for? And... So during the midst of these questionings, I went on this, uh, this retreat, or not a retreat, it was a mission trip to New York City, uh, one spring break. And I didn't go on the, the, the trip out of the kindness of my heart. I really went because I wanted a resume builder for medical school. Um, so I thought, oh, this would be a good, good thing to put on my resume, and it makes me look like a nice, good person. So I went on this, uh, this mission trip, and then while I was there at New York City, uh, we were ministering to the homeless something started to stir in my heart and I realized just how selfishly I was living my life and how just much joy brought me like living my life for others. And then I saw these people that I was serving on the mission trip with and just how happy they were and how full of joy they were. And I remember feeling just so jealous of them. And I was like, I want some of that happiness too. Why can't I be happy like those guys? Like, why are they so happy? And I think I was thinking to myself, it's their relationship with Jesus. Maybe I'm missing something here. So then once I got back um, to post, I started going to the Catholic campus ministry. And my first my first uh, meeting there, um, the campus minister asked me if I wanted to go on a retreat. I said yes, because I was searching for answers. I was reading scripture, um, trying to find all these answers to my questions. So I went on this retreat, and it was called Encounter with Christ. And I was on that retreat and listening to these talks and testimonies from college students. And um, 
one one night I was kneeling uh, during adoration, Eucharistic adoration. I was looking at the monstrance, and as I was staring at the Lord, I was saying, "Lord, are you are you even real? Uh, is this worth it?" And I just felt at that moment the Lord just speak to my heart and just say, "Armando, I love you. Come back. I love you." And I was I was in tears at that moment. And I was freaking out. I was like, what is going on? I haven't cried since like fourth grade. Why am I in tears right now in this retreat? And I just knew just how real the Lord was and how much he loved me. And I just told him, you know, Lord, I'm all yours. Like my life is yours. And um, I just committed my life to him right there. Um, and then after that, just started getting more and more involved in campus ministry um, and just growing so much in my faith um, and in my prayer. And I found myself on the retreat again the next year, and this time I was giving a, a men's talk, the, the men's talk uh, on the retreat. And we're coming up during Eucharistic Adoration once again that night, and I was just thinking, man, Lord, a year ago, um, my life was just so much different than it is now, and I'm just so like happy, so full of joy. And if this is what it's like serving you, um, I'm all in. Just tell me whatever you want me to do, and I'll do it. And then it was at that moment I felt like the Lord say, be my priest. I told the Lord, no way. I do not want to do that. <laughs> like anything but that. Uh, and I felt like he was calling me in my bluff. He was asking me like uh, the one thing that I didn't want to do. Um, and I was like, no, Lord, like I don't want to be a priest. You know, like, um, like that's not what you want me to do. So I kind of just avoided it. Um, and there's also a girl that I met uh, on the retreat, and I wanted to date her. So I said, Lord, no, you want me to date this girl instead? Okay, yeah, good talk, Lord. All right. So I, pursued, <laughs> I pursued this girl, and, um, and then eventually didn't end up, it didn't end up working out. And I remember she told me um, that she would have loved to continue the relationship, but she felt like the Lord had different plans for us. And I was like, dang it. I think he does. I didn't want to acknowledge it. Um, I kept resisting and resisting. Um, and then, so this was, the, this was my junior year. And then going into my senior year, the summer before my senior year, I did two things. So I was at uh, Fort Knox, uh, Kentucky for cadet leadership uh, training. And then I did um, a 40-day uh, pilgrimage um, in uh, Spain, the Camino de Santiago. So I said, Lord, okay, I'm going to go um, to to do my ROTC training, and I'm going to discern about a career um, in the military, and then I'm go, going to go on the Camino, and I'm going to pray about the priesthood, and by the end of the summer, I'll have an answer, and I'll have a decision. Um, so first, I went to the cadet um, training camp, and while I was there, I just felt like there's this draw um, to, to the chaplaincy, and I remember one day they had this um, this branch this branch night, so the different uh, branches of the military were there. I was going to the different tents. I was kind of avoiding the chaplain tent because I didn't want to acknowledge it. So I was like, you know, going to infantry and uh, armor and um, medical um, service corps. And then eventually, okay, I was like, I'll check out the chaplain tent. I'll see what it's about. And I walk in there and just heard this chaplain which gave his spiel about uh, serving those who serve, and then there was just like a stirring in my heart. I was like, oh, wow, this is awesome. And then I was like, no, 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 like, I don't want to, I don't want to do this. So then I would go back to visit some more tents, and I was like, maybe I should check out that chaplain tent again. So I go back and talk to, um, talk to the guy, and 
um, asked him what I have to do to apply, and he told me about ed- getting an educational delay um, and all that stuff. And I was like, okay, I'll think about this. Um, but I really didn't want to acknowledge it. And so that summer also, um, during my training, I was reading through, um, reading through the Gospels. So I had read through Matthew, Mark, and Luke, and I was finally in the, the Gospel of John, and I would just read during our uh, downtime during training. Um, and that was like really, just really helping me enter more deeply in my relationship with the Lord. I remember one, one day they, uh, they brought a chaplain out to uh, celebrate Mass for us while we were doing training out in the field. And I was out there in the field, and um, they brought the chaplain, and we're under this camo tent, and he's celebrating Mass. Um, and I was just thinking to myself just how awesome this was. Like, this was the coolest Mass I've ever been to. And he gave his homily, and he said, um, he said there's a lot of um, men and women out there um, serving our country who don't have access to the sacraments because of the shortage of priests. And they're just hungering and thirsting for the sacraments and for God's presence. So if you're, if you're feeling that call, don't be afraid. Just answer it. I felt that the moment that the priest was talking to me, I was like, oh, I need, like, I need to do this. And there's this burning in my heart and a desire, like, Lord, I, I want to do this. And then that day, when I got back to the barracks, I opened up this, my camel Bible to, to the Gospel of John. And in it, I just read this verse where Jesus says, I seek not my own will, but the will of the one who sent me. And then that was like a slap in the face. I was like, man, Lord, like I've been like coming in, into this summer just seeking my own will. And all this time, um, you've been calling me to this other path, even though I've been saying like, I want to do your will. So all this happened at the Virginia Military Institute. Yes, yeah, mm-hmm. Where, time there. and you were in ROTC there. I was, mm-hmm. and uh, so you had you were a cadet. I was, mm-hmm. and you had a rank. Um, yeah, uh, it wasn't like I was just part of the corps of cadets. I didn't really have a. But you rank. have a rank now. Oh yeah, I do. Yeah, yeah. First you're lieutenant. L- first lieutenant in the mm-hmm. U.S. Army. Um, okay, so uh, you're at VMI, the uh, Virginia Military Institute. Uh, uh, you're in ROTC. You're planning to go into the Army. Mm-hmm. Uh, what did you think you were going to do in the Army when you started out at VMI? Um, I was thinking of uh, going to Medical Service Corps and, and being a doctor. And did you major in pre-med at VMI? I did. Mm-hmm. I see. Okay, so uh, all right, well, let's move forward. So. Uh, uh, what happened after you saw this, uh, this passage in the Gospel of John? Yeah, so I just realized just how much I was seeking my own will instead of the Lord's will. And I told the Lord, okay, Lord, you really want me to do this. And I kind of just surrendered to it. And I said, okay, I'll pursue this and we'll see what happens. And then I remember I, I picked up the phone right after I read that. I picked up the phone and I called um, the human resources at VMI because I had to apply for this uh, educational delay. And I called her up and I said, hey, I'm at Fort Knox, Kentucky, and uh, I think um, I think I want to be a chaplain, and I know I have to apply for this educational delay. She said, okay, good thing you called today. Like, today's the last day to apply. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so she sends me an application. I fill it out and send it in to her. I'm like, okay. Like, Lord, like, get off my back. I, I did the application, and we're going to see what happens. And 
did the application, got accepted, then um, went to the chaplain board, got accepted, went to uh, the discernment with uh, through the Diocese of Richmond and then the Archdiocese for the military, and everything was just falling into place. Um, okay, so uh, tell us which years these were. What, what year was it that you went to New York and uh, participated in the social work up there? Yeah, so New York, that was... That was my my sophomore year at BMI, so that would be 20, 2014. And you went on to graduate from VMI. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What year did you graduate? Uh, 2016. And so did you go directly into the seminary from VMI? I did. Mm-hmm. Theological College here in D.C.? Yeah, right down the street. Mm-hmm. I see. So you're nearing the end of your uh, formational studies, aren't you? I am. Uh, you'll be ordained a transitional deacon next year? Yes, uh, May 22nd, God willing. And then uh, you'll be ordained a priest year after next. Mm-hmm. Yep. Um, well, uh, it's quite a journey uh, so far. And uh, yeah. Let me ask you this now. Uh, when you got into seminary, uh, did you find a big change uh in your studies, uh, you'd mm-hmm. been pre-med studying mostly hard science up until that point. And yeah. then uh, you uh, switched over and started studying, what, philosophy and theology? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Did it, was that an adjustment? It was, it was. Um, but in many ways, I was, I was happy for the adjustment because I remember at VMI, my electives, I would take philosophy classes and all these writing classes. And I really enjoyed them. Um, and I think part of my discernment was like, well, I'm enjoying my electives more than my major courses. Like, I think, I think the Lord's trying to tell me something here. So I was, I was happy to make, make that leap. What has been the impact of COVID-19 on your studies at theological college? Yeah. So right now we're, uh, we're taking a lot of our courses on zoom. So for the most part, all of my courses are on zoom except for one class, which is, uh, Deacon practicum, so so I think uh, yeah, where I practice how to do uh, baptisms and funerals and witness marriages, um, yeah, and that's been uh, at least for me it's been pretty challenging just sitting in front of the computer um, for for hours at a time, um, but uh, yeah, but it's still still uh, still grateful to be able to to go to school and continue on. But you're still in residence at the Theological College. Yes. Mm-hmm. So, so you have the social support oh, yeah. from uh, fellow seminarians, even though your classes are online. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I see. And, uh, okay, well, you mentioned that you had uh, begun dating uh, a young lady. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. uh, and committing yourself to uh, the priesthood, a life of celibacy, mm-hmm. no family. Was that difficult for you to give up the uh, idea that you would ever have a family? Yeah, yeah, it was. Um, yeah, and I remember what really helped was the, the summer before I entered um, into seminary, I uh, did uh, life teen missions. So I was at this camp in, uh, in Georgia, um, Camp Hidden Lake, and we would have uh, teens and children come in and um, do a week-long retreat with us. Um, and, yeah, and I had, was a missionary, so I had a small group of guys. Um, and we're just journeying with them through the, throughout the week. And I remember during that summer as just journeying with these kids and talking to them and um, just really 
just seeing like conversion happen before my eyes and just seeing how they grew and and uh and trusting me um and opening up their hearts to me throughout the week um and how many like sometimes they come from pretty uh broken families there's just something yeah i just realized that wow like everyone deserves like a good father and what a blessing it would be to be a father to to everyone um so i really see like kind of like a taste like a foretaste of um just the yeah of a spiritual fatherhood and just how just what a joyful life that is and um even though you don't have a family in the biological sense um, you have so much more more spiritual children we're talking to Armando Herrera who is a co-sponsored seminarian who plans to go into the army as a US army chaplain mm-hmm. upon a priestly ordination uh uh, so Armando, what was it about? Well, you you were already you you already had in mind that you were going to go into the army before you decided mm-hmm. to be a chaplain. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, tell me about that. I, I mean, you know, we hear so much about the you know the, the message of Jesus is a message of peace, mm-hmm. and uh, the military uh, its uh, objective is to wage war. Mm-hmm. So how do you reconcile those two conflicting, seemingly conflicting values? Yeah, yeah. Um, That's a good question. Um, So I think the desire um, to serve in the Army came from uh, my dad, who did a lot of work with the military when he worked at a Picatinny Arsenal up in New Jersey. Um, And just seeing the guys in uniform he served with, I was just so, so inspired by that. And... Just seeing how, yeah, just these, my dad would always just tell me just like how heroic they were and just um, defending their country and, and defending, um, um, yeah, everyone that they love back home. And I think that kind of instilled a, in my own heart a desire to do that as well. Um, and I think once I went to, to VMI and started um, studying for or discerning the priesthood, it was more of a desire to to serve those people who who lay down their lives in that way and serve and defend our country. Um, so yeah, so it's kind of now it's uh yeah I'm just bringing bringing Christ to them um, and helping them. And uh, I mentioned co-sponsored uh, your co-sponsored seminary, and I should mm-hmm. explain what a co-sponsorship is. It. The co-sponsored seminarian program here at the Archdiocese for the Military Services uh, is a program where uh, the the seminarian who comes from a home diocese somewhere in the United States uh, declares his intention to become a chaplain. And at that point, the Archdiocese for the Military Services, the AMS, teams up with the the seminarian's home diocese uh, and they split the cost of formation uh, 50-50. And the idea is that uh, when you come out of seminary, you go back to your home diocese and you uh, give them three years of pastoral service. Mm-hmm. Then come to the military for a number of years. It can be as little as five. It can be a whole you know, career. A lot of uh, priests who go on active duty end up making a career out of it. And then when you retire from the military, you go back to your home diocese, which in your case would be Richmond, right? Mm-hmm. 
Armando Herrera, a, a co-sponsored seminary from the Diocese of Richmond. Tell me what it's like in the seminary. Uh, what is what is walk me through a day in the life uh, at Theological College here in in Washington? Yeah, day in the life at Theological College. Um, so yeah, so for most guys, we uh, we wake up um, wake up early and um, do uh, do a holy hour and, and pray the Divine Office. Um, it's part of the liturgy of the hours, and then we go into mass around seven thirty, um, and then sometimes mass has morning prayer with it. And then after that, um, breakfast, and then everyone gets ready to go to their respective classes. Um, so usually, pre-COVID, we would go across the street to CUA campus and take our classes over there, but now we're uh, sitting in our rooms. Um, yeah, and then um, so we have classes throughout the day. Um, and then in the evening, um, we'll have uh, around 5.30 will be uh, evening prayer followed by dinner and then different formation or uh, activities at, in the evening. So sometimes we have a conference from a rector or uh, different prayer groups will meet. Um, yeah, and then um, and different, um, yeah, different, different small groups and things like that. Um, and then you're just doing your homework and studies and getting ready for the next day. Um, yeah. So uh, what courses are you taking this year? So this year i uh, taking a lot of uh, sacramental courses. So I'm taking Sacraments of Initiation and uh, Eucharist. And I'm also taking uh, Christian Anthropology, um, Canon Law, and um, deacon, uh, deacon practicum. Uh, tell me a little bit about uh, Christian anthropology. Yeah, Christian anthropology, it's basically a, a class on grace, like what is grace um, and how does it work and how are we, how is man redeemed and, uh, by grace and, and things like that. Um, is, is is your seminary and is your seminary formation about what you would ex- expected it to be? Or have there been any surprises in your academic career as a seminarian? Um, yeah, I guess I didn't have um a lot of a lot of expectations. Um, it was it's been uh, yeah, it's been tough. Like yeah, just writing writing all the papers and, and all the reading and, and things like that. Um. Does approaching your faith from an academic, cerebral point Mm -hmm. of view enhance or challenge you in some way? Does it go hand-in-hand with uh, the experience you have in your heart, in your life experience? Yeah, it definitely, uh, for me, it's it's deepened it a lot and uh, it challenged it a lot. I remember one class I took was on the introduction to the Old Testament and just trying to reconcile that, you know, how the Old Testament things didn't literally, it's not a historical book, so things didn't literally happen as it said there. Um, and then I was kind of wrestling with like, well, like what, like what is, how is this true? Like in what way is this true? And um, yeah, and just like learning, yeah, there could be be truth without, like historical, truth is not limited to historical facts and, and things like that. Um, yeah, there's symbolism involved, metaphors. Yeah, 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 and deep, yeah, deep theolo- theological truths about who God is and who man is. Um, yeah, you, you know, I speak. I think I speak for the, uh, the you know Catholics generally in the army in saying uh, that uh, we appreciate your the sacrifice you're making mm-hmm. because, as you well know, 
as you well know, uh, there's a shortage uh, of priests, not only in the military, but throughout the country. And part of the reason there's a shortage of chaplains in the military is because there's a shortage of priests everywhere. Yeah. yeah. And uh, some of the Catholics, uh, you know, are, as you mentioned, uh, the priest told you in his homily, uh, mm-hmm. uh, some of the men and women who serve our country who are Catholic go weeks at a time without mm-hmm. uh, being able to see a priest, without going to the Mass, without receiving the the Holy Communion. Yeah. So, uh, thank you, thank you for uh, uh, your vocation. And uh, um, what uh, what what are your expectations for when you finally are able to uh, uh, embark on your military career? I know that you'll have three years or so in mm-hmm. the diocese of Richmond. Um, what do, what are you expecting? Um. I'm just expecting to just go go wherever I'm needed, um, where the Lord needs me, and the and the people in the military need me, and um, yeah, I'm just really just really excited to to just be there to be there for them, be a priest for them. What do your fellow seminarians think about the fact you're a chaplain in training, a prospective chaplain? Yeah, a lot of guys. Uh, yeah, I think it's really cool and um, yeah, and inspiring. Um, I think. Uh, yeah, a lot of them would, would want to go too, but um, sometimes they have reservations about whether they could live up to it physically or whether their bishop would give them permission and things like that. Um, but I think it's a yeah, I think it's a an attractive heroic kind of kind of thing that guys yeah like. I hear you. Um, well, uh, Armando Herrera, thank you so much for talking to me today, yeah, thank and you. Uh, our. Prayers are with you, and uh, uh, I hope for the very best uh, as you uh, wrap up your time in seminary and prepare to uh, to pre- prepare to become a priest and uh, eventually to go on active duty. And thank you so much for stopping in to talk to me today. And thanks for having me.